Santos's kick is lined up. That kick is good. He got it. A long time ago, during an NFL season far, far away, <coughs> America, the rebellious LA Chargers suffered devastating losses early in the season, going 0-4. But having managed to steer the fleet around and regroup in their new home, they are given a new hope when the mighty Chiefs Empire, thinking that the rebellion was crushed, took their foot off the gas with their star destroyers. But just as the Chargers' rebellion was finally gathering pace, the Chiefs' empire strikes back, showing the Chargers and even the age-old NFL Network Masters who their daddy really is. The true power of the Chiefs' force eventually making the rebellious Chargers' scum look just like the Raiders, yet another phantom menace. Welcome to another Arrowheads Abroad podcast show with myself, Brad Simcox, the Arrowheads Abroad Supremo himself, Tom Childs, and returning to back us up at safety is Dave Barnett. Well, well, how are you well, doing, Brad? Lads? Dave. Brad. Now, Brad. don't tell me that wasn't awesome. <laughs> I, Dave, the only, I take issue <laughs> pick holes with the fact now. that He's we're gonna... the Empire here, because the Empire lose, and <laughs> that's not a good thing. But they keep coming back, though. <laughs> but they always lose at the end. I don't want the Chiefs to lo- lose at the end. But just go with it. Go with it. I've got, I look, I, I got oh, a new hope in there. i got Star Destroyers in there. I got. What else did I get in there? Phantom Menace in there. But strike. But Empire Strikes Back. We're the bad guys in this. <laughs> yeah, but the bad guys are always cool. Darth Vader. Cool. Darth Maul. Cool. Red lightsabers. We play in red. It's just. It works for me. I'm. I, I like it. <laughs> what you like I, it? Yeah, I did. It was better than last week's actually. But we always <laughs> lose. But we always lose. Yeah, but we do always lose. So it's 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 not wrong, is it? And plus, <laughs> there's another new Star Wars film out. And there's another one to come. We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe the First Order do win in the end. You never know. So, uh, yeah, I took my, uh, took my son to, to go and see the, the Star Wars film. And it was, uh, it, from right from start to finish, it was just action, action, action. The, the, the lightsaber scenes were just, yeah, they were, be- they were the best ones I've ever seen anyway. Um, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh, God, yeah. Statement. That's I'm how laying I feel it down about this. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith is like a middle of the road Star Wars film. Has the best best light, because lightsaber of battle. Because the lightsaber battle, lightsaber yeah. battle. If it's not for that, it's one of the worst Star Wars uh, films. Whoa! I actually quite like <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. The prequels <laughs> are terrible films, but I actually quite like Revenge of the Sith. But yeah. don't talk to me about Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. No, no, no. But it's dreadful. higher. It's higher up the rankings because of that lightsaber scene between Obi Wan and Anakin, and. To say that it ha- that the Last Jedi has the best lightsaber scene is reaching, Brad. Like, no, it's very, not. Very much you know what it is. That's like, that's no. like, that, um, that was like Jacksonville taking a punter over Russell Wilson. <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's reaching. It's probably the scenario thing that I'm thinking about because the scenario of them was spine tingling. Oh yeah, I know which scene you're talking about, and that was sensational. Yeah, um, hands down the best. I would say the best part of the film. Yeah. Um, the, that is it's one of the few redeeming parts of this film for me I have to say um, this is probably one of my least favourite Star Wars films of all time I think it falls into my bottom three bottom three that, nah, much they, as that upsets me to actually uh, say it 
Um, because I, the thing is, I was super hyped for this. I'd seen all the glowing reviews. I was like, this is going to be so good. I can't and it was. wait. And I watched Force Awakens. And you know what? Watching Force Awakens in the cinema again, I actually gained a better appreciation for that film than I had oh, probably that again? a few weeks ago. Did you watch I watched that first? It, yeah, I watched it at 9 o'clock before I watched Last Jedi at midnight. Uh, in the um, cinema? Yeah. Oh, man. I did a double header at uh, the Odeon. So, yeah. Um, I don't think they did that up here. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed Force Awakens. And it's I personally think it's an awful lot better than The Last Jedi. Now, having seen them both back to back. I think um, you'll, you'll watch The Last Jedi again and you'll go... I've seen it twice what? already. Yeah, no, watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, as I say, it just outside of... I would say two, three scenes, and I'm sure you know which ones I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just think the whole thing fell really, really flat, and there was a lot of a lot of forced humour in this for me, which I didn't like. You, you know, like that's a almost thing. felt like a Marvel movie. And yeah, I love Marvel that. movies. I love Marvel movies, but I don't want Star Wars to be a Marvel movie. If you know what I mean. Yeah, you want a bit more seriousness in it. Yeah, that, that's 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 I think the tone that Star Wars is set for itself. Like that's thing, it didn't feel like a Star Wars film for me. Basically, what you're saying is you want your film set in a galaxy far, far away with lightsabers, big talking, hairy things to be more realistic. I want pogs. It's not even the lightsabers stuff. It's like Rogue One is one of my favorite. Probably one of my second, favorite second, two. Yeah, maybe second, third, yeah. second or third favourite Star Wars film of all time and there is literally one lightsaber scene in that entire film so it's definitely not oh it needs more lightsabers needs more Jedi needs more this or anything like that I just like I think it's a decent film but it's not a good Star Wars film and that's the problem for me uh, well don't get put off li- don't get put off going to see it because I thought it I was thought it was very good <laughs> Listen to Uncle I would Brad. Still, I, the thing best. is, I would, st- I would say to anyone, still go and see it. Make your own minds up over it. I love some films that a lot of people hate. I say, like, it doesn't just seem to be me on this one. I'd say, like, I think the audience seems to be generally very, very split overall yeah. on this film. Yeah. So I'm just glad it's not me, like, in a little bubble on my own, and <laughs> being, I'm a like... grump- being that grumpy old man just sitting there back in my day. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I purposely didn't want to see any trailers or um, reviews or anything like that before going into this one. I did with The Force Awakens, um, yeah. and I, I I think I had your moment where you came out of The Force Awakens and you were like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" And I've had that moment again mm. in this one because um, I don't know. It just I don't know how you can't get all goose goose pimply all you know for this Last Jedi. It's just got so many things and so many avenues it could go down for the ninth one that it it's just it's mind blowing because you think you could do all sorts with this. But that's my sort of my problem with it is I I genuinely it's don't think they know where that that's the problem. I genuinely don't think they know where they're going with it. Feels like like they they set these things in motion in Force Awakens and then they've just kind of gone. Eh, actually, mm, I'm not sure how to proceed with this anymore. Yeah. Well, this 
hear what people think about it. If, if you've been to see it or you're going to see it, give us a tweet and let us know your thoughts. Um, spoiler free, please, because spoiler free. We don't want people to. Nobody know what wants happens. spoilers. Yeah, because there are evil people out there that do like spoiling films for others, and those people are assholes. So don't so be. I an always call it midnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is actually a Chiefs podcast. Is yeah. it? Oh, is, that, is, that, is that what we do? Yeah, I thought I'd just steer us back into it without without actually one of those, you know, the, those seamless links. Yes, the uh, the Chiefs won a did massive. We, did we play a game? Did, did we play? Is a that game? what happened? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, it was a massive game, though, wasn't it? I mean, this was this was what people build as the 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 season defining kind of moment, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I must admit, I was a little bit worried and a little bit concerned going into it, but I still had that confidence that we would actually get a win out of it. But how the Chiefs won was, well, it, they, they kind of took off second half, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the Chargers stayed in it for quite some time and even went in the lead at one point. And I thought, it was, it's going to be one of those games. It's going to be one of those last-minute, dying, dying second field goal type of games. But we just found another gear, didn't we? Yeah, for, considering it was one of the biggest games that um, the Chiefs have had since Andy Reid's been in town, certainly in terms of regular season, it's probably in top three in terms of importance of, um, of regular season matchups. The Chiefs, over the last two weeks, have shown uh, a tremendous amount of character um, mm-hmm. of late. Character that we probably were doubting they had based on the mid-season form from the likes of coaching... Marcus Peters, even Alex Smith himself, um, mm. they've they've turned a corner. And Saturday night they did a lot of things which we didn't think they were capable of doing against <laughs> yeah. against a really good Chargers team because the Chargers mm. were hot. Like if you asked like some of the other AFC teams and their their supporters, like what team are they keeping an eye on that was on a run that they probably wouldn't want to face in the playoffs? Um, I'm sure a lot of them would have said that LA would have been that team because they possess a formula mm-hmm. that should do well in playoff mm. football. They have a good pass rush. They have an okay run game. Um, they've got a star wide receiver and they've got a good callback. But the Chiefs on on Saturday night just managed to negate all of those factors. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen got stopped for the first time. Uh, stopped to a hundred less than a hundred yard game for the first time in a few weeks. Yeah. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa were a non-factor. Mel- Melvin Gordon had a couple of nice games but not a lot I, I thought just, Melvin Gordon had a very good game yeah, yeah, I, he was probably the one thing that I, I would say kept the, the Chargers in that game I was surprised part. they didn't use him more yeah um, he I, I genuinely like he is probably one of the the top I'd say four or five backs in the league at this point and he, he had a good game like I say if Rivers had performed up to scratch like I, I think that game is an awful lot closer mm-hmm. I, I mean you have to give some credit to the Chiefs defense obviously for for generating turnovers but it yeah it seemed like a, a bit of a mix of the Chiefs playing well and the Chargers doing what the Chargers do quite well and imploding a, a little <laughs> bit um they have a history of doing that whenever the, see, things seem to start going right for them like they find a way to mess it up, and that seemed a little bit the case on Saturday night. Like, obviously, the Chiefs played well. I, I, I don't think there's any denying that, but I certainly think they were helped by the Chargers yeah. um, as well. I think there was a the, the 
the Chiefs defense at the minute just seems as though it's 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 managing to mix together the stuff in the run and the coverage and it just felt as though they've got a good mix of it going and and Bob Sutton was was calling it right really wasn't he most most of the game even well what I liked what I liked was there was from the very beginning of the game there was a clear emphasis on getting after Philip Rivers Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't see this uh, three man front eight man drop that we've seen a lot of this season it was there was blitzes coming from all over the field. There was a, Eric Murray had a, a nice sack from a safety blitz. Um, yeah. The pass, it was just the Chiefs knew if they were going to win this game and be able to stop the, the the Chargers' offense, they had to get in Rivers' face. And he doesn't deal particularly well with pressure, especially pressure at Arrowhead, because he sucked now a few years in a row when he's visited Arrowhead. Um, so I like the aggressiveness that Bob Sutton showed, um, that the Chiefs showed, and it. It paid it paid dividends because if you look at the secondary, they all had a good game. There's no doubt that's all because the pass rush was there and the Chiefs were going after Phyllis Rivers. Mm-hmm. Phyllis. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the not only that though. I mean, the the cornerbacks didn't really have any trouble, did they? Even Revis on the other side, it look it, it just looks very balanced at the minute in the in the cornerback situation, um, which when I think you'll both agree at the minute when that first game that Revis played, he looked so I think rusty. I think that's what you said actually, Tom. Um, but then you've got the the emergence again of, of of Marcus Peters, who we benched him in the previous game. He seems to have got his head right, and that's what he can actually give you when his mind's on the game and he's 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 concentrating. I mean, I I think Peters was made a bit of a scapegoat. I, don't get me wrong; he has to keep the the temper under control for sure. Um, but I certainly think he was made a scapegoat previously for you know issues with the defense that far far extended beyond anything out you know in his control. Um, so yeah, hopefully it is a a step in the right direction. But I say like the Chargers aren't the Steelers or the Patriots here. We have to remember that it's an improvement for sure, but you know it's not it's not games against teams like the Chargers that are going to define how far the Chiefs are going to go this year. Yeah. It's you know well, how the defense performs against you know the likes of the Steelers and the Patriots. Yeah, have you noticed though when when uh, Peters has a good good game, it's when we have a pass rush. It's, yeah. it's 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 forcing know, it makes they, it easier they, on any it does corner. yeah and he's not he's not a tackler he's not a he's not a tackling cornerback and we we touched on this before Tom where what do you want out of him do you want him to be you want a, a, a cornerback who is a, a tackler or do you want him to be a one that makes players stripping the ball out and, and making exceptions but like we saw in that Chargers game as soon as we had a pass rush he was he was he was just on it wasn't he well yeah that's they come hand in hand. Um, you hear the you hear the term all the time coverage sack. If you have good coverage, the pressure will get home. If you get good pressure, then it makes it easier on the coverage. They they it's very hard for the one to do well without the other. And mm. if you can get both working, then you're going to see a successful pass defense, which which was the case on Saturday night. Back to the point regarding him tackling, he did prove on Saturday night that he can make a tackle. He made yeah, an excellent open field tackle on Travis Benjamin, which was the play before. Um, one of the interceptions in fact but in terms of him going for the ball there was 
one in, uh, one turnover, which wouldn't have happened if he tackled properly. It, it, he stood up. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was Hunter. Was I can't remember who had the ball. It might have been Hunter Henry, but he he, st- he stood him up, uh, trying to go for that ball, and that enabled Raglan to come in and give the finishing blow, which caused the ball to pop out. Yeah. If Marcus Peters tackles properly, then Hunter Henry's hitting the floor, and the Chargers still have the ball. So it's all about rough with the smooth with Marcus Peters. You know he's going to whiff on some tackles, but you also know that he's going to make game-changing plays. And Saturday night, you saw the best and the worst out of Marcus Peters. But the best outweighs the worst so much that you just can't get on his case for it. You've just got to accept it. Deion Sanders was a terrible tackler. Yeah. And he's regarded as the best corner of all time. Like, if you've got a ball-hawking, ball playmaking cornerback, who cares if they can tackle properly? <laughs> I certainly don't. What about, I don't know where you stand on that, uh, Dave. I, I mean, yeah, it's part of going back to what I was saying before about how I think Peter's get some unnecessary stick because like like now Berry is out injured he is legitimately one of our only on defense like genuine big playmakers and yeah. there is so much pressure on him to make plays that when he doesn't all of a sudden everyone's looking around and going yeah well oh, Piers hasn't done much and Piers, well, it's like well look on that defense who won that defense this year has made big plays for that defense now that Berry's been missing you know, I just think like like he's earned some just criticism this year. There's no denying that. He's done some stupid stuff and he's earned some of that criticism. But some of it is totally unjustified because it, as I say, it seems to me like they hold Peters, Peters to this crazy high standard whereas other guys get away with it because, oh, well, you know, they're not Marcus Peters almost. The, the, the thing for me, I think what what it is, is because the defense wasn't playing that well, and we didn't have a pass rush, did we? During those, I mean, during those six seven game stretch, mm-hmm. and because we didn't have that pass rush, we were expecting the players to to get the hard tackles in. And and like Tom was saying, he's not really a hard hitting tackler. He's a he's the, he's the the ball hawk. He's the the playmaker kind of thing. So it probably looked and it probably exposed him a little bit more because people were expecting, waiting for those plays to happen, but they weren't happening because there was the lack of the pressure, wasn't there? So I think you're probably right. I think it's it probably is unjust because the whole defence was playing rubbish, but it just exposed uh, a, a, a key playmaker where he wasn't actually making plays because he pretty much couldn't. Well, it's safe to say that Marcus Peters, regardless of what had gone on before, come back and come back in a big way. Yeah. Um, he mm-hmm. was targeted six times on Saturday night. He didn't allow a single catch and had two interceptions and had uh, a say in a, in a fumble as well. Nearly so, had another one. Um, Is that his best game? And uh, it's probably, considering the situation with him being suspended um, the week before, there was going to be a lot more focus on his mm. performance on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And what people were looking at it to see what Marcus Peters was going to come back after yeah. a pretty immature week on his part. Well, a man come back on Saturday night. Yeah. The way he performed, the way he carried himself around the field um, and looked like he was still having fun with it as well um, if that if that's the Marcus Peters you're going to get going forward in, mm-hmm. in mindset and performance then mm-hmm. we've we've got an absolute steal there we really yeah. have um, we've we've obviously touched a lot there on the defence because of uh, the, we, I think we've just seen a bigger improvement haven't we in this oh yeah this team shout, shout out to Chris Massive. Jones as well by the way um, yeah, oh, yeah. he had a huge game on <laughs> yeah, Saturday night um, 
generally looks like he could be back to his best now. Yeah. Well, uh, let's. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt again. Go on. One thing we need to remember with this, this the way this team is set up in 2017, um, it's it's formula to succeed. This team only needs an average defense, and mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks they've been better than average. But for the the six or seven weeks before that, they were well below average so if the Chiefs can just get a bit more consistency on defence and get to a level and kind of hang around there then with the stars that we have on offence which we're about to get to yeah. then yeah. We, we stand a chance yeah well yeah the offence um, it's been steady I would say for the last three games and it's it's, mm-hmm. it's probably no coincidence really that uh, the play calling is slightly different as well <laughs> um, Matt Nagy seems to be uh yeah, he seems to be leading this offense with, I would call basic but effective players. None of this fancy trick play rubbish that we, we that we we saw earlier in the season. You know where we had we had tight ends throwing uh, long bomb passes and all that kind of thing, and wide receivers trying to throw a touchdown pass. We've got this basic but effective play calling now. Would you agree that that's probably one of the main factors of this offensive resurgence? I'd, I wouldn't even say that. I like we seem to have established the run game a lot yeah. better again now. Um, if you go back to the early season success, that was when Kareem Hunt was running all over teams. It makes everything else so, when you can run the ball consistently well. It makes everything else so much easier. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier to run the play action stuff. It makes guys have to come closer to the line of scrimmage, and it makes it easier to throw the the deep ball over the top of a defense. Well, Reed Reed said for weeks. He told us press conference after press conference. It's the minor details. It's the minor details. Little thing we need to tweak here and there. And it turns out that he was right. One one tweak that I have noticed is that the they are leaning more towards an outside zone running scheme now, which. They kind of got away with, or got away from in the in the middle of the season. They were trying to run inside in between the tackles a little bit, and it it wasn't really working. Um, I don't know where you guys stand on this, but Mitch Morse not being in there, <laughs> I think yeah. he was. I after seeing the offensive line play for the last two weeks, I genuinely think that his injury was a lot worse than he was letting on, and maybe he was trying to be a, a bit of a hero mm-hmm. um, which fair play to him he wants to be out there and he, he's the offensive line captain mm-hmm. so he wants to be out there and I can entirely understand it but with Zach Volton in centre they seem to be performing a little bit better especially in the run game well someone mentioned that uh, in the last questions lot didn't he um, mm. basically that it, we seem to be playing better with Fulton at centre or we have a, we've had well, better I results. mean the thing is Fulton is not great at guard so when he goes in at guard, there seems to be more of an issue at guard than, like, if he played at centre and, say, Morse played at guard. But obviously Morse is the starting centre, so he's going to play centre when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he wasn't totally healthy, then, yes, a fully healthy Zach Fulton is probably better than a not healthy Mitch Morse at centre. Um, also, I think LDT finally looks fully healthy again I think he's been immense um, again we'll go back to when you can run the ball consistently it makes everything an awful lot easier mm. when you don't become one dimensional and you're not having to rely on throwing the ball consist- like constantly especially with a quarterback like Alex Smith because he has played well 
and there's no denying that. But he is not a guy you want to be throwing the ball and relying on to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. Like, mm. if you can give him a solid run game and, you know, let him run that play-action stuff, then the Chiefs are going to be better for it. Yeah. Just touching briefly on Alex Smith there, I noticed, mm-hmm. well, I mentioned during the Twitter, um, I, I had a few Twitter rants on the, on, on, um, the other night during the game, and one of the things that frustrated me quite a bit was the, the team was leaving points on the field, and I found a lot of it early on was because the red zone offense just wasn't, it, it just couldn't find any way in. It, it was doing great getting up the field, but as soon as you got to the 20-yard line, that was it. It, it kind of just broke down. Um, I think I'd that more towards game control than anything else. On uh, Last Sunday, I would have put it down to certain individuals. There was whiff plays, there was penalties, there was drops last yeah. Sunday. Um, there was a lot of mistakes last Sunday. This Sunday, uh, I think it was more on the play-calling side of things where they the Chiefs left points on the field because they knew that the defence was playing well so they were trying to control the clock a little bit more they were leaning mm. towards the run game on that last touchdown drive they, they ran the ball what six or seven times in a row I swear uh, even on yeah. even on third and goal from the six yard line they still ran the ball and managed to get the score um, at the end of maybe at the end of the first half they went a bit conservative yeah that um, was a really weird yeah. drive right at the end of the first half that and was that's an one. that's a mixture of down to Alex Smith and the play calling it's, it's, it's a mixture of the both um, yeah. they were really conservative on that but I don't think leaving points on the field this this last game was as big an issue as it was against the Raiders um, for the most part I thought the, the offence did more than enough yeah I suppose it's I suppose at the minute I shouldn't be but I'm actually looking ahead at you know the 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 kind of competition we're going to be playing against in the in the playoffs, or could be playing against in the playoffs. I don't want to jinx them, but, but if you get ahead against uh, these teams, you've got to have the run game. And if if the Chiefs oh, yeah. are now proving that they can get back to early season form, where they will get in a lead and they will just sit on it and just yeah. have Kareem run the ball down their throats, and that's what all good teams do. It takes a lot of the pressure off Smith, and, and that that's the thing that I think that makes us a better football team, mm-hmm. um, because it's tough when you're solely relying on your quarterback. There's very few teams that can do that. You know, that's not a slight on Smith. That's just, the you know, there's probably only about three or four guys in this league that you would probably be quite happy to throw the ball every down and, you know, you'd still think you'd be in a, with a chance of winning. There's mm. there's very few guys in this league that are that good. Um, so, you know, it, it helps any quarterback when you can run the ball consistently well. Yeah. And and Smith's no different in that regard. Yeah. Uh well let's touch on the questions we got uh, we got it's it's getting more and more each week. I mean, we had 94 <laughs> comments on the question page again. <laughs> 94 comments. Um we'll we'll pick out a few. We obviously we can't go through everything, but uh Alan Morrison's basically touching on the uh, offensive line bit. Uh, with uh, and he's asked, with our offensive line starting to look good, how deep in the playoffs do you think we can go? Uh, the the offensive unit has got back to being fun to watch, but the line have had two solid weeks of football. Um, how, do you think you can go far? Uh, the Chiefs have a formula from the last two weeks that is built to do well in the playoffs. Uh, run the football well and play well on defence and turn the ball over. Um, most, if not all Super Bowl winning teams have a similar sort of formula. You only have to look back a, a few years ago where you had the high-flying offense of Denver Broncos against 
the defensive unit and running football team that was the Seahawks. Everyone thought it'd be a close game, probably Broncos would win. Seahawks come into town, completely destroyed them. And then a year later, or two years later, Denver turned up to the Super Bowl with the Seahawks formula from two years before that. So playing good defense and running the football will 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 go far in the playoffs. And if the Chiefs can continue to do it, then they can make a run. Whether they can go that far is remains to be seen because the, the Steelers throw the ball well, uh, run the ball well, and play good defense as well. And yeah. going going on the road, I think is going to be the issue here. Yeah, I, I say the thing for me is like at the end of the day, the Chargers and the Raiders are not the Steelers and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. As as in, you know, there's no denying the Chiefs have been improved the last couple of weeks, but those two teams are not Super Bowl caliber teams. The Patriots and the Steelers are. You only have to watch the game they played on Sunday night, which was phenomenal, by yeah, the way. Great game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to beat one, if not both of those teams, to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and then don't forget the Jags as well, whose defense is unbelievably good. Yeah. Unbelievably good. Like <laughs> to me, they're this. They they would be the dark horse pick from the AFC right now because. As Tom was saying, that formula for winning Super Bowls, that deep, like phenomenal defense mm. and an offense that can control the football. They've got a good running back. Bortles seems to be picking it up now. He's <laughs> a changed man, isn't he? Um, and they've got a good set of receivers there. Um, so for me, like, I would say, like, there's three teams there that are going to be very, very difficult to beat. And I, I say, as improved as the Chiefs have been the last couple of weeks like they're still three very good teams and you're probably going to have to beat two of them to get to a Super Bowl and on on top of that if you look at like I had a look at a play around with the ESPN playoff machine and had a look at potential games for us um, from for my money we're teeing ourselves up for a a wild card weekend game against the Ravens who are also a very good defence. So uh, they can play. A hot, they can play a hot and cold, though, can't they? The, really? Yeah, they can do. But of, of late, they've kind of sorted out. They'd much rather play the Titans. I'll say that much. Yeah, exactly. I think if, you, if you had the yeah. choice of playing the Titans, maybe the Chargers or or the Bills, um, or the. To be honest, I'd like another shot of the Bills. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah. I, I th- yeah, it'll be interesting to see who gets that that other spot. The thing is, when you get to the playoffs, it's like whoever gets the hot hand. If you're in there, you've got a shot, but. Yeah, like it, it's going to be a tough ask because I, I say I think there's three very very good teams in the AFC, yeah, and it's going to be a big big ask to win on the road against two of those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, have you got a question there? I've, if not, I've got one here, mate. If you want me to read that, no, fire away. I'm I'm relying on you to this this week. Oh so yeah, all oh, right, okay. The topic uh, <laughs> Darren Jenkinson's asked uh, if Chiefs win on Christmas Eve. Should regular starters be rested for the playoffs? I think he's in on about the um, the Denver game afterwards. Yeah, we've kind of had a mini debate on this already today uh, on our little chat because we had a feeling this was going to come up. It's William Holmes. <laughs> Dave, Dave just touched on it perfectly um, regarding hot hands, and the Chiefs under Andy Reid are a very very streaky team. Uh, we go on long winning runs. We go on barren runs. Um, the Chiefs are playing well and wanting to keep momentum then and that's the way that Reid is thinking then yeah you are going to see all the starters in Denver on on New Year's Eve but if you look at it another way will he he rest 
if they've locked into the fourth seed, will he want to risk his his players? And we all we we all know what, what, what player we're going to talk about. It's it's not all the players. It's just a quarterback. Yeah. Are we going to see Patrick Mahomes on New Year's Eve in Denver? No. Um, no chance. Not a chance. For the team right now, it it doesn't make sense for me. Mm-hmm. I'd rather if it came to a, like it gets to the second half and you want to pull your starters. I'd rather put Bray in than put Mahomes in. I just don't see the point in it at this point. Seems like for me, Reed has already made the decision that Mahomes is not going to play this year. So if it comes to that against the Broncos, where we're going to rest players, just put Bray in. If it means yeah. nothing, just put Bray in. Yeah, put your third stringers in. It's not even that. Just put your second stringers in, but put Bray in ahead of Mahomes because I, I don't see any benefit to Mahomes playing in that game. Yeah. So uh, if if you do do that, you've in your Andy Reid, you you need. I know he will. He doesn't need the advice from Tom Charlton, Leighton Buzzard in Bedfordshire. Um, <laughs> no, you, oh God, no. Yeah, you need to. You mean, you what need do you mean to, he doesn't? <laughs> I know. He needs he no advice <laughs> from us three. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but if you are Reid, then you you do need to pull Mahomes in beforehand and tell him why because he is number two on the depth chart. And if you are planning to planning to play Bray instead of, you do need to pull him in and say right. We just can't deal with this distraction. Um, and I'm sure Mahomes will understand. Um, it's a shame because it would be it would be fun to see him. We, we recently drafted him. It'd be good so experience would be nice. as well. Yeah, it? for us, lot, it, we, yeah, we would enjoy it as fans. Um, but at the same time, I get why you wouldn't want to play him. If it was like a drive, maybe, at the end of the game, one drive, maybe. Hit a yard long bump. <laughs> but literally, like, if it was like... One Put drive where you're just going to get him to go in and hand the ball off. Like, yeah. have him do that, maybe. Yeah. But I certainly, I am certainly not having him start in that game or even I, coming in until way after the game is settled and he's going to come in and hand the ball off. Yeah. So if we do get in this situation and we win on Sunday, we wrap up the division, the Jaguars win on Sunday, that's it, locked into fourth. Yeah. Who Who is going to be dropped then? I know it's again, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves because we are only two games removed from a really bad losing streak against some really bad teams. Yeah, yeah. Well, you so, take Peters out, don't you? Yeah, who do you take out? I, I think you, I think you, you don't defense. I think defense stays. I, I think it's offense where you see the changes. I, I don't think Travis Kelsey plays. Hill. Uh, I, I should imagine that Hill. You might not see much of Hill, and Kareem Hunt is probably the biggest. Um, mm. Admission from the team. You'll probably see Akeem and Chalkandrick a lot. Outside of that, I I can't imagine the team making too many changes. Um, mm. The offensive line, offensive line probably want to keep its continuity going forward. So you'll see a few, but not too many. It's a fine line between in- injuries and consistency, though, isn't it? So just look at what the, the Patriots don't do it, and they're you know the most successful franchise of the 21st century. Um, you know they don't rest guys until like the very, very last ebbings of a game. Oh, come on, um, buy a week every week in that in that division. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, uh, even when they've had the number one seed locked up previously, Brady's still gone in and started games. And hmm. I say, I just, like, especially for a team that's, like, the Chiefs that had been on such a terrible run prior to these last two games, like... I just really don't think you want to lose the momentum yeah. that you've built up in these last two weeks, especially if they win again on Sunday. You yeah. go into the playoffs on a four-game winning streak. 
that can mean so much to a team, man. Like it, it can be the difference between like going on a run in the playoffs and you know going home in yeah. the first round. Okay, a um, couple more questions, I reckon. Uh, Corey Jones has asked, "Where will Spencer Ware fit into this lineup next season?" I, do you know what? I'd almost forgotten about Spencer Ware. I mean, it depends it's horrible, on isn't it? how healthy he is. I guess first and foremost. But if he say, you know, he comes back pre-injury, Spencer Ware, then he's he would be. I'd imagine Kareem Hunt's primary backup, but West will still probably play as the third down back. Yeah. I, I can see a situation arising uh, similar to 2010 where you have Jamal Charles and Thomas Jones, but maybe not splitting carries as evenly as, as they did. did They did, but um, they were both good backs at the time. Um, mm. Spencer Ware will go in as number two, but I think Kareem, it's Kareem's jobs now uh, for as long as, as long as he wants it, as long as he keeps performing. Yeah, a uh, bit of a fun one. This one uh, from Nita Nita Davis. If you could give only one cheese player a Christmas present, tangible or not, who would you pick? What would you give them, and why? Um, I'm going to be controversial. <laughs> uh, Demetrius John? Harris catching lessons. Oh wow, <laughs> that's harsh, man. Oh, that's harsh. Um, <laughs> and I feel bad because he seems like a really sound guy, but. <laughs> The, the guy can't catch a football. <laughs> he's been well, mind you, Wilson couldn't for a while, and then all yeah, of a sudden he's catching yeah, everything. But, yeah, but Wilson at least played football in college. <laughs> like, Demetrius <laughs> Harris is a basketball player, come American footballer, kinda. Uh, Maybe get him a ball then, like an actual shaped ball, or like really sticky gloves with super glue on them. <laughs> like, maybe that's. <laughs> yeah, but you can't you can't put them together in wrapping paper because then they won't be able to separate yeah, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be walking around <laughs> trying to play slapsies with the football. <laughs> I, I'd yeah. uh, I think I'd give uh, Tyreek Hill one of those little foot spa things to cool his feet down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what what about the ones they're always on fire, aren't they? <laughs> they what <laughs> the, the little foot spas with little fish in that nibble away at your feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think they're always got to be on fire when he takes them boots off, aren't he? And clean yeah. Maybe, maybe give Travis Kelsey some dancing lessons. Oh, hey, there's anyone on the Chiefs that doesn't need dancing lessons? It's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got some moves. Uh, maybe buy him like a white suit from like Saturday Night Fever. Um, that, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that'd be a good question on the Twitter page actually from Nita. That one. Yeah. Maybe what, pre- what present? Would, what present would you give? Yeah. Has yeah, Dave got just, any? Or is he... Does no one, no one at Demetrius Harris in my answer, please? Because I swear <laughs> that one day he's gonna, he's gonna come find me. And who was uh, it who found uh, you before when you mentioned something like that? He's six foot seven tall and a professional football player. He'd probably murder you. <laughs> you selling tickets, yeah. Dave? Hey, you know what? I'll make it free for everyone because <laughs> it'd just be hilarious everyone. to watch. <laughs> free ass kicking. <laughs> sorry, sorry Mr Harris sorry Mr Harris <laughs> you're my favourite you're my favourite we should totally drop Travis Kelsey for you <laughs> uh, sorry Mrs Patterson yes Mrs Patterson <laughs> <laughs> the, the American listeners have no idea what I just said <laughs> the meaning I'm sorry um, I think we've already had this question before, actually, Graham Smith. Uh, are there any players currently in the NFL that you'd like to see at Arrowhead? Where would they fit in and who is on the way out of Arrowhead? 
Um, I think it's pretty certain who's going out, but who? Well, if you had to choose a player, any player. Is any, this player. any player? We, any we've player had this. NFL. We've had this before. I think we, we have. have. I think we've had this. And My, the, the answer might be different now, though, right? That's a good point. Yeah, because I did say Von. Maybe Murray, I think I think I did go. We I think we all went outside linebacker last time. I'm going to go interior lineman. I'm going to go say Aaron Donald. That's I'm going to go. That's who I'll go. So. Uh, I'm going to go Jalen Ramsey. I really I like that guy. I would go with that. I think he's been explosive this year. Been brilliant. Right, I'm not. Really I'm good. not. I'm not going to let us leave without any Christmas mm. quest- questions. Um, <laughs> cool. We've got to have a Chris- Christmas question in there. Well, we did have one. We had, we had the neatest right. present one. What's I'm, the I'm best? Waiting. What's the best Christmas film of all time? Uh, oh. Die Hard. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Yeah. That was, no, mine, yeah, yeah, Christmas film, yeah. Mine's mine's Elf. And what's the best Christmas song of all time? Not Carol, Christmas song. Ooh, uh, I would say I always like to listen to uh, Nat King Cole when I'm putting the tree up. Yeah, I, I've got to go with Slade. I think. Okay, so you've stayed away from like the usual answers, like the Pogues and George. Oh, Michael. I hate that song. What the Pogues? I hate it. Really? <laughs> oh, I really do. It just the guy's drunk kind of oh it's just horrible. I'm not gonna I can't lie. stand that song. <laughs> I am um, I really enjoy Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah? gonna, if that comes on, I'm I'm a happy guy. I'm dancing around on the front. Actually, Ky- uh, Kylie Minogue, Santa Baby, that's a good one. I like that one as well. You come across Sorry? as a man that likes Kylie I Minogue. I love Kylie Minogue. <laughs> he is that he's, <laughs> yeah. he has got that he's got that middle aged man <laughs> vibe to him, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. fine. Seedy old man that loves Kylie <laughs> yeah. No, there the, the was, was a Kylie calendar one year that I got and I just oh man, I couldn't get rid of it. Even after Can't the years. It was just awesome. Just uh, awesome. Anyway, um I think we're done. We've we've chewed the fat on this for a good hour or so, I think, nearly, haven't we? Um, it's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. So thanks to uh, Tom and Dave. For You've, joining done me again. Again. You've done it again. You've done it again. What? Uh, are you are we are you making our schedule for us? Are we planning to record again later in the week? Oh, why? Oh, predictions. <laughs> hey, don't you know what, again. Tom? I, th- I I thought I'd leave it to you this time because yeah. I don't I didn't want to feel like it was me just bagging on Brad constantly. So. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, it's because I think I, I, the I'm AFC not, was I'm, wrapped up. I, I'm, I'm not coming in to record a podcast on Christmas Eve. Right? I'm just not doing that. Um, uh, so. mate, I'll be way, way too pissed on Christmas <laughs> Eve to be recording a podcast. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, like, like, we've edit, edited that bit out, so... Um, <laughs> no, prediction we time. No, we haven't. It's, we it's haven't. Prediction I'm in control here, Brad. We haven't. <laughs> Don't set me off again. I will live you know forever. <laughs> Prediction time, boys. Week 16. Miami On the Dolphins. plus side this time, Tom, at least you didn't ask anyone to unsubscribe. So I haven't got to that bit yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Chiefs versus Dolphins. The Dolphins don't have a lot going for them. Anything they do have, they have, a be- they have Ndamukong Sue, who will be a problem in the run Drake. game for us. Uh, Kenyon Drake looks okay, but for me... the I thought you were talking Dolph- about Drake, the yeah. rapper then. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, what's he got to do with the Dolphins? Um, there's there's not enough there for them to come into Arrowhead, and especially if the Chiefs perform like they have done the last two weeks. Yeah, I was going to say like 
let's let's hope it doesn't turn into a situation of a few weeks ago where oh yeah we definitely we definitely should beat these teams. Mm. Like the Chiefs play like they have done the last two weeks, take them seriously, then yes, they should win this and they should win this comfortably. So let's hope the Chiefs of the last two weeks turn up and not the Chiefs of the last you the you know the four weeks prior to that. Mm. I'm I'm going 26-7 for the Chiefs. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit higher on our score inside. I'm going to go thirty, but I'm going to go higher on the um, on the Dolphins as well. I'm going to say thirty to fifteen Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins get in the end zone. Twenty-seven to thirteen. There we are. We'll go to the Chiefs. Sounds good. And because I predicted us to win, it means inevitably that we are going to lose on. On Sunday. Well, also, also on a side note, we did have a question during the week that if, given our record for meetups, if the Chiefs do happen to make the Super Bowl, will we be cancelling the party? Yes. And um, the answer to that question is yes, we will be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everything's cancelled for the Super Bowl if we get there. Um, yeah, because we're not having a, we're not, we're not jinxing well, it. Well, perhaps we just need to go to Kansas City for it. And um, no, I'm sorry, I'm moving house soon, so I've. <laughs> Got prioritised. Actually, my move date is actually Super Bowl weekend. (laughs) So um, no, I. I Amy's going to love you, isn't she? Yeah. Um, So (laughs) no, I won't be. um, I won't be uh, going to Kansas City for the playoffs or Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Right then, that's it for this week's Arrowheads Abroad podcast. The Chiefs move on to Week 16 against the Miami Dolphins, and that means it's a game that that could make Chiefs history of winning back-to-back AFC West titles. Is this for the first time ever? Did I read that right? Yep. First wow. time ever. That's that's a stat. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. First wow. time ever. Wow. Okay. So it, it could be a good celebration. Uh, get involved with the discussions on our Twitter page at KCChiefs underscore UK. And don't forget to subscribe on the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. I can hear you Dave laughing. <laughs> to receive the, <laughs> to receive Said the it news. right this week. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> to receive the new show as soon as they are available and remember to leave us a review and you could win yourself an Hour Heads Abroad mug or jersey so yeah Woo. <laughs> so thanks to Tom and Dave for joining me again it's been yeah, another laugh you really done a great sell job on that I'm not I have another I have another that woo wasn't very <laughs> I, I, I wasn't convinced by the woo <laughs> <laughs> we'll put another one in that we'll, we'll put some kind of crowd noise behind it uh, so thanks to Tom and Dave for joining me again it's been another laugh with the lads again We hope you've enjoyed the show. If we don't speak to you before then, have a very Merry Christmas from all of us at Arrowheads Abroad. And let's get that Chiefs win so that the celebrating can finally begin. So from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.